0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom by simply visiting www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate to make a difference today. We spoke to Nora Shaeb, coordinator Northland Toxin Awareness Group, back in August. We were discussing 1080, the predator-free movement, and her mission raising awareness of the many pesticides threatening our health and environment, and you can um, search that out from our website for replay, it's still there. Today, she's back with us to talk about roadside spraying. You might remember that we had Jody Brunning on uh, here at RCR a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the European Commission's glyphosate licence renewal and what that means for NZ. So um, you'll probably remember that. Nora, nice to have you back. Welcome back to RCR. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me back.
0: Well, it's good that we can talk more about these issues right which have not been talked about or no one's listening i don't know what well ever since because i'm only just becoming fully aware you know
1: yeah most people don't realize that uh, when the roadsides are being sprayed, that they're using toxins that are a serious health hazard um people always think if a government does something it can't be bad I think you yeah, right.
0: Really, yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, <laughs> that, where's the, where's the laughing
0: clown sound effect? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So in contrary to what Jody was talking about was, you know, the agri-chemicals and the users of agri-chemical sprays are choosing to use them at their own peril. They, they know, you know, they should have read the safety data sheets. They are trained. Um, to handle these toxins uh, according to the manufacturer's instructions. So, they have a choice, Um, but who doesn't have a choice is the people who walk along a road or drive along a road, uh, not knowing that the roadside has been sprayed because the councils in general save a lot of money by not implementing the full safety standard procedures. Which is why they always are saying, "Well, spraying glyphosate is the cheapest methods of managing the, the uh,
0: Oh, because the, it's because they don't do any any work behind behind that. That's yeah, possible.
1: well, what what the legal requirements are when you spray toxins in public is first you have to notify the public, which they do up here with a, like tiny little ad in the local rag that nobody reads, right. And... Um, So first you have to notify the public that you will be spraying and when and when the spraying commences you have to put up signage saying um, this area is going to be sprayed with with what dilution and then if necessary it needs to be cordoned off for a particular withholding time um like in parks you know if you spray parks in a, or a playground you can't let the children play in it for you know, a particular um yeah rolling period obvious that yeah. never happens really if that no, but never happened I mean the, so they the
0: could be playing on that surface let's say or or terrain the day after
1: hours later right hours later and we had some cases up here that uh, we've reported to our council where children got directly sprayed by a contractor not accidentally but he saw them walking in the street so
0: is he having uh, a laugh or something
1: (laughs) it's simply that the contractors seem to not take it serious or, I mean, they don't connect the dots. They are wearing a, a suit and a mask and gloves, and yet they spray directly over children.
0: Yeah, I, I, can't, uh, I can't work that one out. Uh, anyone who doesn't get that, I, <laughs> I can't explain that, especially exactly. if you're signing up for the job of spraying it, yeah. not, not knowing that the person you'd hired had that at the, at the the first thing they think of when they're doing the job, um, that, that's, that's a worry. So uh, how do you think that happens?
1: They are just um, what you actually said to Jody, you know, why are New Zealanders so casual about this? Um, is Simply, I think there's an, you know, our, uh, the contractors are misinformed by the EPA. They are misinformed right. by the government who does not drive home the seriousness of these toxins. They downplay the risk. They downplay the outcome that could happen or are dishonest about it. Uh, and therefore, the public doesn't ex- doesn't think it's that dangerous
0: because, because um, your government would never do anything that's or neglect right. to exactly. um, you know anything that would possibly harm you. But isn't it still the ultimate responsibility of the local authorities that are presumably got the contracts with the contractors to go out and spray this stuff around, not tell anyone, spray over kids for God knows what reason? Um, you know, it's, they're the last line, they, they could...
1: That's correct, yeah. yeah. And that's why um, two, over two and a half years ago, when um, I had an incident reported to me where a council contractor sprayed over three children that were walking in the street in Whangarei, um, I reported it the next day. And two years, two and a half years later, we still don't have the outcome of the investigation. It was, um, um, an investigation was initiated by the Northland Transport Alliance into what happened. And two and a half years later, we still don't know. So because have
0: you heard anything?
1: Well, I've been constantly asking again, you know, so what's happening, what's happening? The, con- the That investigator himself has told me that he has presented his draft of the report to them long time ago and never got any reply Okay, to so that.
0: he's done, the, the basic job's been done, but it's been...
1: Withheld by council.
0: Withheld. Okay, well, that tells you a lot of what you need to know about what's probably in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I said to the investigator. I said, well, you obviously must have done your job really well because they don't want to tell <laughs> yeah. us what you
0: said. Um, okay, so you'd obviously be curious to to hear that um, after this amount of time. That's outrageous, actually, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Who That's- do they think they are? This We constantly come up against this when we're talking about local... Government, I'm sure there's some great people in there, but it's always the hardest thing for the for the citizen or the ratepayer to do is what they impose. Yeah, you know, they man, it's it's like uh, why even bother electing them?
1: That's <laughs> yeah. correct. And and I said that to them. If they don't have the power to control the operational part of the council, then we actually don't need them. We should fire them, um, like Taronga did um you know we can oh, is that what happened in Tauranga? yeah Tauranga did it they got rid of the government side which is you know quite an expensive uh, part of running a council that we pay for with our rates so why have them and i'm not i'm not saying that because all councillors are bad some are really good but they don't have the power because the power lies within the operational part of a council and they are controlled by the chemical industry
0: Okay, all right. So that's why ultimately they're so relaxed about it and don't have any, any kind of follow up or, or adhering to procedures, etc. Because the chemical industry prefers that not to happen. Ultimately,
1: that's correct. Yeah, that's ultimately the picture all around the world, not just in New Zealand. I mean. Bayer and and Syngenta and all these um, and the chemical giants run this planet. Really, people don't don't seem to understand, and they have so for a long, long time. It's the petrochemical industry. So, uh, but but. That's so, went
0: You know, overarching question here is is doing that you know, spraying like you've been describing, is that actually legal? I mean, are you actually allowed to do that?
1: No, no. And that's exactly the point. That's why I'm talking about this today. The unlawful procedures of the council's contractors. I, I mean, the blame, although every contractor should know if they aren't supposed to be exposed to it, the children in the streets shouldn't be exposed to it either. So, yeah, that's not right. But ultimately, it's up to the council to monitor the way these um, contractors are operating. They're not doing that. And they're not actioning on complaints like we have made. So it's basically the unlawfulness. Let's, you know, let's for a moment forget the debate how toxic glyphosate is or metzoferrin or picloram. Let's put that aside for a moment. The um, safety data sheets and the national safety standards, health and safety standards of New Zealand do clearly say do not expose the public accidentally to these chemicals. And there's you know, the the Health and Safety Employment Act has, you know, clearly described that if there is any even risk of accidental exposure, other methods need to be applied. And that's not happening. So what I was saying in the council meeting not long ago is in Europe, um, and, and Jody said this before, uh, roadside spraying has been banned for a long time. Yeah. it's not because the Europeans are such enlightened people and they're good guys because they're not they're actually producing chemicals in Europe that are banned in Europe, but they're selling them to us, so they're not the good guys. Right. the reason why they are banning roadside spraying is because they are fully aware of the risk of litigation. You know, you, you are not allowed to poison the public. That's simply a law everywhere in a civilized country, but yet that's what they're doing here. And the only reason why they're getting away with it here is because people here in general still believe a government wouldn't do that. So
0: 'm I'm, I'm trying to think of alternatives. So let's say, um you know uh, we um uh, thought experiment here, suddenly all these things were banned, right? You're not allowed to do this anymore. You're not allowed to use this stuff anymore. it's gone.' You, it's, it's not a tool in your toolbox anymore. Yeah, could they still manage that problem with those chemicals trying to address it now in another way that would still kind of be in the ballpark of what it costs and and still have the same, result is that possible because Absolutely. i guess you could argue well there's no alternative you know and if the right answer- well
1: that's actually not true because the alternative is mowing and slashing and mechanical um the alternative by the way i just want to emphasize that and it was made clear to me by the weed advisory is um these supposedly non-toxic um sprays create the same issues they a um, you know, you kill the, the weaker weeds and the stronger ones survive.
0: Okay, and they also get stronger. Also
1: create erosion and yep. acetic acid. People think acetic acid, which is the base of, of many of these so-called non-toxic sprays, is still highly corrosive. You know, you sp- if you ever open a bottle of white vinegar and hit your nose over it, uh, yep. you know, yep. you can hit your eyes and so on. So it's still corrosive. It still ends up in the waterways. Uh, Changes the pH level of the soil and so on. So they are not the alternative. The alternative is simply mowing and slashing.
0: Yeah, because there are. I've seen machines that uh, on big arms. They're just driving on the road, and uh, and that's presumably how the spraying's done anyway as well. So you know, okay, you're going to get some that are uh, more tricky than others, but on the whole, um, you know, there's there's machinery for that.
1: That's correct, exactly, and machinery then that can avoid you know, sign posts and so on. It's, yeah. it's all there. It's all there. And the contractors don't have to worry about losing their job because instead of driving a machine that can poison their own bodies, they drive a machine that mows. Yeah, of course, so you got to think difference. of
0: them spraying the stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: okay. um, the the alternatives are there. They're practiced in the whole of Europe. Even Australia does, does more their roadsides. Um, so right. we can do it too. The, the um, other reason...
0: Now, I was just going to ask you, how many times a year would those would they cycle round?
1: That, over? of course, depends on the weather. Okay. You know, if it rains a lot, as we all know, you have to mow your lawn more often. Right. Um, gotcha. That's the, the, what people forget, the cost of using toxic pesticides is not just what's happening on the roadside. It's the health system, the public health system. You know, we have one of the highest cancer rates in the entire world. A high, yeah, why is that? Well, because of the pesticides. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, this is a question yeah. you ask. Well, why is that? So,
1: yeah. so um, the cost is so extremely high to people's health, and not just the physical health, also mental health, because pesticides can cause severe depression.
0: We have record mental health issues.
1: That's right so put yeah just connect the dots and, and and that's what i did basically in the last 16 years i'm not yeah. a scientist but you don't need to be a scientist to just look at these facts and connect the dots
0: so so you're calling for um or you're, you're demanding a ban yeah on roadside a full stop ban yeah. right
1: a, a full stop ban on roadside spraying, there may be the occasional situation um, where a particular weed needs to be taken out before it can yeah. be replanted. Yeah, so you're not being so silly about spraying. it. You, you, yeah, yeah. You, you have to just be very careful and don't... So basically, it's it's a ban against blanket spraying of any pesticides because blanket spraying is unselective. It does nothing good for the environment. It creates erosion. If there is a, like I said, there may be a situation somewhere, but every situation needs to be handled individually, and not well, just send out a guy with a machine and spray the shit out of that or oh, excuse me, <laughs>
0: language. Um, wouldn't you? Yeah, wouldn't you use it um, as an opportunity if you're local government um it surely benefits the community to have probably well young people i won't say young men anymore young men and women who otherwise would be hanging around on the street you know um endlessly going around the kilometers and kilometers hundreds of kilometers of roads in a particular area you know like they used to go up and down on the railway tracks back in the day you know those little gangs Mm. um paying them well they're going to be physically fit i don't care if you even feed them on the job they get the job done yeah No problem at all.
1: Well, I actually proposed to our council to make um, roadside management um, a community-run business. So, um, for example, uh, Raglan has done that with their waste management. They made it a business that's become a very lucrative business for the community, and you train people well, you know, you, you give them uh, the best of training, and you pay them well.
0: Yeah, the so they're into doing the comes, job. Yeah, yeah, There's fitness, yeah. there's nature, there's, yeah. there's team camaraderie.
1: That's right. Mm. So, I mean, it would be so simple. All it takes is to make that decision. It's all it takes. The machinery is there, everything's there, and then evolve it into a really integrated approach where we plant up the roadsides with beneficial plants that don't grow to a height that become uh, a visual obstruction and so on it's all possible and the thing is um i i know most of this from the ex-biosecurity manager of auckland who has experience of over 40 years in the management of vegetation and he was the one he is the expert he's got a degree in chemistry and all of that He's written a manual for the auckland district on how to do this in an integrated way so it has been done it's been practiced on waiheke for a long time it's all the knowledge is there the machines there everything's there it's just a pressure from the chemical industry that's behind it
0: you can't say you're 100 pure in your advertising and then have all these little murky (laughs) things happening behind the scenes that that if people pull back the curtain they go oh my god um, 100% pure, I don't know about that. Yes. Right. Um, have we missed anything? Anything, last words? No, just-
1: it's just that people need to realise that this unlawful behaviour needs to be reported. So many people get sprayed and they don't know where to turn to. They should immediately contact their council and immediately lodge a complaint um and tell them exactly what happened if possible even take pictures if but you know that's not always possible when you're driving along you can't pull out your mobile phone to take a a picture or or a video but the unlawfulness of this behavior is what people need to understand and the only way we can change this is by complaining about it
0: and if you get sprayed get under the shower really quickly i would imagine
1: as quickly as possible wash it off but uh, unfortunately skin and especially eyes absorb toxins very very quickly
0: yeah yeah okay Nora Shayab who is the coordinator of Northland Toxin Awareness Group nice to have you back um Nora thanks for coming back on RCR I'm sure we'll talk again
1: yeah thank you Paul looking forward to it thank you for tuning in to RCR reality check radio if you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at We would love to hear from you,
0: so connect with us today.